Mornings can be the most difficult times of our day because we are often still wrestling with yesterday's problems while preparing to face the challenges of a new day. Sometimes it only takes a touch of positive energy to help jumpstart our day, whether it's through kind words, uplifting music, or simply enjoying the company of others. Join me, Rena, every Friday from 4 to 6 a.m. to hear tasteful music and useful information to help energize you no matter what time of day your morning begins. Morning Energy on 88.5. Community Speaks, WMNF Tampa. My name is Patro Mabili, your host for this public affairs program coming your way at noon hour every Monday. And we were expecting to talk to the USF students, the Tampa Five. Hopefully they'll give us a call today. We know that there has been a deal that has been made to keep them off out of court and not going on trial and uh, we're gonna look at some of what has happened in that situation because we're pretty familiar or used to college students protesting and here were five young ladies who were protesting the demise of diversity programs at USF as a result of some of the state laws coming out of DeSantis's Florida's governor's mansion and the legislature, the almost all Republican legislature that has voted for the demise of diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, which at one time was considered one of the uh, most benign demands of the civil rights community and people of color and politic politicians on the left and progressives and even some Republicans who felt like that was the least that we could do as a country is to ensure that diversity would be respected, that people of all colors and uh, persuasions would get an opportunity, get a hearing and having more opportunities getting in college and getting jobs and uh, having some equality and inclusion in our everyday life in this country and so that is now being uh militated against by the conservatives the fascist right in this state and it is a nationalized issue that they have hit upon in this country and it's all about rolling back the clock it's all about getting rid of the progress so it was courageous for the tampa five as they protesters at usf had come to be known to stand up and demand that USF continue to respect and work towards more diversity and respect inclusion and all those programs. And uh, incidentally, this is Diversity Month, the month that WMNF celebrates diversity. And, you know, I just want to talk more about that and what all of this means politically. Uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to hear from these protesters and talk about what the deal was. Uh, and how they have been navigating this past year since their arrest. Uh, but the group that has been come to be known as Tampa Five has, has 
as has been reported, will be required to complete community service as part of a year-long diversion program and will not be allowed on the USF campuses for a year except under specific conditions. In exchange, the charges against them were dismissed. And so the, you know, they were part of a group of about 25 people that were demanding that the USF president, Real Law, keep, uh, take action against the state's initiatives to restrict diversity programs. And the group was met by campus police on that day and an altercation followed and protesters claimed officers initiated the physical tussle, hitting and shoving and, and groping them. Police who charged the students with trespassing and disruption of an educational facility said the students then put their hands on officers and pushed one to the ground. And this is all captured on video. Uh, the five who were arrested were also charged with felony battery. And the three of were students at the time and one was a USF alumni and another was a USF employee who was later fired. And the group faced up to 10 years of jail time and four of them went on a tour across the country to talk about this case. Uh, but it raises some interesting and important questions about uh, whether or not students uh, can protest because, you know, this seems like the, the police were insisting that they move from the location where they were protesting, which was, I believe, close to the dean's office, university president's office, rather. And I'm wondering, is there a free speech zone on the USF campuses where it is okay to protest in other places where it is not? And are those zones uh, marked demarked so that students will know and uh, what good is a free speech zone if the person you are trying to speak truth to is you know not able to hear or see the protest and it's a nonviolent protest until the police escalated it so these are all burning questions that I have and uh, hopefully we'll get to hear from them they were uh, slated to be here today and uh now that a deal has been reached, it's probably easier for them to talk about the case now. Uh, but these are these are questions that are being raised, you know, because we see students taking advantage since they don't they can't vote yet. Protest is often the only way they can raise their voices, especially if they feel the institution or school that they're in is doing something that they need to speak out about. There were some high school students, Florida students who staged a walkout last week, I believe, after the school uh, it took place a day after five school staffers, including the principal, were reassigned for reportedly allowing a trans student on the girls' volleyball team. And so the students took a stand and said that wasn't right. You know, if they uh, reassigned these teachers and this principal for being open-minded and allowing these trans students to play on the volleyball team. I mean, what harm is that? And even in the minds of these young people, these high school students, that was wrong. So students at Monarch High School, and this was in Coconut Creek, about 15 miles north of Fort Lauderdale, fouled out of classrooms and onto the school's football field. And uh, according, and that seemed like a, 
a proper protest. They didn't walk out into the street. They walked onto the school's football field. But some held signs in favor of trans rights, while others chanted trans lives matter. And the protest came a day after the high school's principal, James Cecil, and four other staffers were reassigned to non-school sites. It also came amid an ongoing investigation by Broward County officials as to whether the school let a transgendered student compete on this girl's volleyball team. So, you know, is there, you know, we're going to see more protests from young people as their institutions and their schools are responding to these state laws. But right now, you're tuned to Community Speaks, and I want to hear from you. 813-239-9663 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Or you can write me, dj at wmnf.org. If you call, Irene is stands ready to take your telephone calls. And uh, we'll be happy to read your emails on the air. Uh, I did get an email talking about the uh, Tampa 5. Uh, an email that says they this is a friend of theirs. They did not plea to anything, meaning they they caught every count. The uh, charges were dropped because the police would have been perjuring themselves. It is uh, an important subject to talk about. Uh, this is about freedom versus fascism, according to this email, and I do agree. In this time, uh, the Times newspaper told their story from the police perspective, and I was looking at the Times story, and yeah, it is a uh, heavily police perspective, And uh, but the police said a lot to say nothing. Uh, the police, the USF police said in their statement, they look forward to working with student groups moving forward in furtherance of encouraging others to successfully accomplish their free speech goals in an equitable and responsible manner. They reiterated their stance that the matter was never about a group exercising their right to free speech or police action to obstruct the expression of those rights, but instead stem from the group's aggressive behaviors directed toward officers when the officers attempted to escort them from the area for repeated refusal to cease disruptive activities. So, as I said, a lot to say nothing because if there is a right to protest, if there is right to free speech, uh, then what set off the violence, what set off physically trying to move them from that area, it seemed like the officers put their hands on the protesters first. And as a result of the protester, maybe by accident or maybe just pushing the officer, that was enough to escalate it into an arrest and uh, almost put on trial. Uh, so you know, the question still remains, even after the, uh, the police statement is there free speech or is there a free speech zone where you're allowed to be? And if you're not in that zone, you could be physically removed. And these are college students who were acting responsibly. It's not like they were insurrectionists, as we saw in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2001. I mean, 2021. And the they weren't breaking windows and crashing through the doors and trying to set fires in the building. And they weren't trying to beat the police with their own batons and they weren't trying to shoot. So where was the violence except, you know, from the police as in terms of the aggressors? So I just want to know, is there free speech at USF? Is there a free speech zone where if you're not in that zone, the police can handle you? 
physically. So 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join a discussion here on Community Speaks. What happens if your child, whether in college or high school, is arrested for protesting? As in the case of the Fort Lauderdale High School students, they walked onto the football field, uh, but fortunately, nobody got arrested. These kids were allowed their free speech rights, and uh, and we're going to continue to follow that story to find out whether or not the principal and these teachers are continue to be reassigned at Monarch High School from Monarch High School. Uh, we're going to continue to follow what's happening down in Broward County, but all over the state because this state is is reeling from these these laws that are coming out of the legislature promulgated by the governor. And by the way, the governor has done a lot to weaken political opposition in this state, uh, especially be getting rid of the the North Florida voting district, uh, making it in all Republican district as opposed to what it was, where it was a mostly black district where they could choose the candidate of their choice to run in primaries and, and can vote for the candidate of their choice. Now they have to vote for the candidate of the choices of the new Republicans who have joined their district and no longer have a choice, basically. They were disenfranchised right before our very eyes. And the process was not even correct because a governor should never be drawing districting maps. A governor should never be drawing districting maps. But this legislature continues to kowtow to a governor and not stand up when he's wrong. And they drew the map and he threw it out and he drew a map and this uh, the courts in Florida have been stacked by this governor. Uh, so they decided to agree with him uh, at the circuit court level. And now it might push it back to the Supreme Court level in this state, which he's expected to side with keeping the map. I think that has been decided at this point. And we're going to continue to see this this attempt to transform the electorate in the state and continue to skew it towards Republicans. And on top of that, once uh, the governor has dismissed two democratically elected Democrats in this state and there's no pushback, uh, as I said, courts are useless in a lot of times in a lot of these cases because they've been stacked and he can end up if losing in one circuit court will win in a Supreme Court. And they spent the last 50 years in this country, the conservatives have, trying to stack the courts because it would be the way to continue to maintain power without elections, uh, without having to win elections. And you can always end up going, taking your case to a, a Supreme Court that will most likely rule in your favor because they're conservative activist justices on the courts. And these people have... The, the right wing has been working hard to make certain that they continue to win elections long enough to stack the courts, and especially the Supreme Court. And it took away President Obama's right to name at least one Supreme Court justice because they claimed it was so close to an election, let's let the next president choose who will replace those, uh, Scalia who passed away during 
uh, Obama's administration. And so they spent a year making certain that Obama didn't get a chance to seat a Supreme Court justice. And when President 46, uh, President 45 rather got in, this pre- that president was able to seat three. And so the Supreme Court has been stacked for at least a couple of generations since. That is a non-elected, official, uh, non-elected position. Those judges maintain those positions for life. And what they rule is the law of the land. And on these diversity issues, these, uh, all of the issues of transgendered LGBTQ rights, uh, and of course, abortion rights, uh, they've now had the courts stacked in their favor. But what will happen in the at the ballot box has been their worry, and they've been doing the best they can to draw new lines and limit the ability of you and I to have access to the ballot to fight back against the onslaught of fascist change that has taken place in this state and is nationalized in this country. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear and find out exactly what it is we're going to do to preserve our right to free speech, our right for the kids to protest, college students to protest uh, without police interference and violence escalation. Uh, And I really would like to hear from the Tampa Fire to talk about where we go from here. 813-239-9663 is the number to call as you are listening and tuned to Community Speaks here on your community radio station, WMF. And uh, we do want to hear from you. Give us a call as we're talking about the USF protesters in particular, but the general direction of this state and of this country. And what are you willing to face to do about it? We have another half hour and so to go here on Community Speaks. I'm your host, Patro Mobili. And uh, until we get more of your telephone calls, I want to hear what you have to say and more of your emails. And uh, we'll be right back as we wait for your calls. Give it a call. This is Community Speaks. Murphy, CEO of the Spring of Tampa Bay, with a WMNF public service announcement. You deserve to feel safe. Nearly 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner in the United States, and it's not just physical. Abuse can leave lasting effects mentally and emotionally as well. At the Spring of Tampa Bay, survivors of domestic violence can be aided at the time of crisis and many points after, with various programs such as shelter, rapid rehousing, mental health counseling, legal services, and much more. For help or information, visit our website at thespring.org. You are not alone. Produced at WMNF 88.5 Radio. Very important announcement. And uh, again, this is Patro Mobili, your host for Community Speaks here at WMNF Community Radio 88.5 FM, talking about the right to protest, especially on the part of college students and even high school students and uh, on all of us and our ability to fight against the onslaught 
of fascist change in this state and in this country. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. Or you can write me, dj at wmnf.org. Here's a story I also wanted to mention before I moved to the telephone lines and uh, we could talk about it. But uh, fortunately... There are some people who are still trying to remember the past and uh, respect the past history, African-American history. And uh, there were some lawmakers uh, who are pushing for a federal holiday honoring Rosa Parks. And this was on the anniversary of her arrest, which was December the 1st. I meant to talk about this a couple of weeks ago, but on December the 1st, 1955, Rosa Parks boarded the city bus after work and Montgomery, Alabama, and sat down in this bus filled with passengers. The driver demanded the 42-year-old seamstress at the time move further back into the segregated black section of the bus so a white man could have her seat. And she was arrested and charged with disorderly conduct because she refused. But that bold decision is widely credited with launching the Montgomery bus boycott and ultimately the civil rights movement in the United States. And uh, as of December the 1st this year, members of the Congressional Black Caucus marked the 68th anniversary of Rosa Parks' arrest by urging Congress to support a bill that would declare December the 1st Rosa Parks Day a federal holiday. So we'll continue to follow that story as well. But right now, I want to hear from you about our basic freedoms, our fundamental rights under the First Amendment here in, in this country and in the state. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. And also our access to the ballot. Let's go to the telephone lines and see what you have to say. We're going to go to Mulberry and talk with Israel, talk about what is happening and what's on your mind. Go ahead, Israel. You're on Community Speaks. Bless. How you doing today, bro? Pretty good. Bless. You know, I, I was listening to your concerns, and uh, I think we all share the same concerns about the uh, Supreme Court being uh, stacked, um, you know, and, uh, you know, with DeSantis uh, really going against the uh, diversity and inclusion. Um, yeah. I... I, I say it I say it to everybody, you know. I say um you know, how you how you are, how you treat people, people see how you treat them. And so there's 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 no confusion of who you are. So when you're in public and you see other citizens, other voting citizens, uh they might have different viewpoints, but how do they treat people, you know, and how do you treat people? Um we have to mm-hmm. we have to act out the world that we want to see around us um don't work for a company period don't work for a company if you don't like them if you don't like what they stand for if they take a stance politically and you don't like what they stand for or if there's a company that's supporting your community uh and there's another company that's not supporting your community support the people that support you you're not doing without because you're working against yourself when you support people that aren't aligned with your worldview. Yeah, but as far as you know, as far as working for a company, yeah. but it's not it's no easy to find a different job. So I suppose I I would urge people to look for a new job first before you quit. I would I would I would disagree with you there, brother. I would say Oh, uh, okay. If you're take not a stand, huh? <laughs> get out of that place. If you're living in a uh, uh, mental health, like you're not doing yourself any favors. Like you're not doing your family any favors. If you're not 
If you're ashamed of where you are and it brings you down and it puts you in a worse place every day, get out of that situation first. Mm -hmm. The rest will improve when your situation improves. And your situation is not going to improve if you're still on that plantation. Okay. Well, I, I feel you on that. Yeah, if you're, if your mental health broke, is suffering, yeah. I would rather be broke. I would rather live, live on my feet. You know, I would rather be broke. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any comparison. There's, there's no amount of money when it's a fiat currency to encourage you to do something you don't want to do. Men, be men. Women, be strong. But I think, and a, God bless us all. I think That's a part of the, okay. I appreciate that call, 813-239-9663. But I think that also people, yeah, they you should take a stand if your mental health is suffering. Uh, but I think that you could also uh, take a stand internally and see if you can make change. Because I think a lot of people are, are seeing the handwriting on the wall when you see uh, so many, so much racist reactionaries on the right Make, taking their stand. I mean, now we we see uh, allies, uh, lawyers, the especially the initial advisor to President Forty Five, Stephen Miller, going around looking for cases to take to court to show that companies are discriminating against the white man, the white male, and uh, you know by all of these diversity programs and all of these attempts to make certain that everybody have. Uh, an equal footing, an equal equal opportunity on the job and in college admissions and all of that, you know. So, you know, a lot of companies are probably uh, afraid right now of being taken to court by these white men who are trying to make this case that there's a uh, an attack against the white man and his progress and everybody else because everybody else is trying to come up. So, you know, how many companies are going to fall victim are run scared from these kinds of uh, threats and lawsuits and begin to do away with diversity programs, begin to do away with inclusion programs and equity programs that even gives people of color and women, you know, any uh, hearing their applications even looked at. So people are, you know, are concerned about what, where we're headed when these guys are trying to roll back the clock and they're trying to use the courts. They're trying to use the systems itself, which is why they've spent so much effort trying to stack these courts uh, to try to go in and make this backward case, you know, that anything you do to fight racism is itself racist against white men. 813-239-9663 is the number to call if you want to join a discussion and throw in your two cents. And uh, you can also write me, DJ, at WMNF.org. And um, the uh, one emailer has written uh, concerning the Rosa Parks history and uh, saying that although it does not alter the significance of her actions, her actions was a planned event. And... Uh, I believe she was a member of the NAACP and there had been an incident earlier of a younger, unwed, pregnant mother, uh, uh, expecting mother who was uh, refusing to give up her seat. But because of her circumstances, the NAACP did not uh, promote her case or her 
arrest as something that they were going to build a, a movement around in terms of the boycott of the of the Montgomery buses. Uh, so I, yeah, I think that given the time and the sensitivity of of teen pregnancy in the nineteen uh, in the nineteen fifties would, would have been a distraction. So yeah, it might have been somewhat planned because people had been forced to ride on the back of the bus based on their skin color, and so there had always been an attempt and a need to find some way of of boycotting that situation. And uh, that may have been the, the the event that started, even though I don't believe on that particular day she got off work to say, let me do this right now. Um, I don't think she expected to be arrested. They fingerprinted her on that day. Uh, so it might have been a planned event based on an earlier event, but I don't think that incident was necessarily planned, even though it did galvanize the civil rights movement, it galvanized the bus boycott, brought Dr. Martin Luther King to the forefront. But I agree with your first part of the assessment that it did not alter the significance of Rosa Parks' action. We'll wonder whether or not this will end up being a federal holiday. Uh, but again, you know, as I look at and think about the Tampa Five uh, at USF and how the police uh, insisted that they move to a different location, and if they didn't, they would physically start moving. Is and, and uh, why would you treat women like this? And it was so unnecessary to treat women in such a way that, uh, from Rosa Parks to the Tampa Five, that you had to escalate it all the way to arrest and almost put the Tampa Five on trial. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three is the number to call if you want to join the discussion. If you're a member of the Tampa Five, give us a call. If you support the idea of a Rosa Parks holiday, give me a call. 813-239-9663 is the number to call. You can write me, gmail, uh, dj at wnf.org. Don't write me at gmail. <laughs> 813-239-9663. We'll go right back to the telephone lines to see what Walter has to say. And I'm wondering, is this the Walter that I know so well? Go ahead, Walter. You're on Community Speaks. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> I could not resist. I could not resist. Wonderful. Listen, I'm all, first of all, let me just say I'm always glad to, to call in and support you, my friend. Yes. Always. Always, it's a great show, great topic. Uh, this particular part of, of what you're what you're discussing with regard to the question of uh, reverse racism uh, as a as a uh, as a defense mechanism or a way of deflecting the realities of what's happening um, of what has happened uh, is something that is so typical, so typical of racist white America. Mm -hmm. It is something that is that is very dangerous because what it does is it forces people into a mode of being apologetic for something that they should not be apologetic for. Uh, it is incumbent upon us to make certain that we stand our ground on these issues, yeah. and that and that we are that we continue to push forcefully uh, on these issues without having to uh, 
uh, feel that we need to back up and and, and you know you know what people like to do, mm. and we've we've done a show about this before, man, Billy. Yes. They like to talk, they like to talk about they like to invoke the name of Martin Luther King. Yeah, mm-hmm. they love to invoke the name of Dr. King to support any old <laughs> yeah any postulation. Yeah. yeah, of course, of course they do. Of course, you never hear them saying the name of Malcolm X. You never <laughs> hear them saying the name of Garvey. Or if I know, right. don't say anything about that. No, they do the other. So um, that's that's what I wanted to point out is that you know these are things that that are, that are very typical. Yeah. Um, of, of people who sue are um, uh, white supremacists. Yeah. The lack of a better word. <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's, that's they that's want to maintain are, white power by any means necessary. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, man. Hey, thank you, and we'll be right back together on Sunday for the Sunday right. Forum, 8 a.m., <laughs> right here, WMNF. Thank you, Walter. All right, brother. We got to go to Gulfport and see what Jeanette has to say as you call 813-239-9663 to join the discussion about the demise of diversity in the state and the rollback of the clock here in this state and in this country. Go ahead, Jeanette from Gulfport. You say what? Well, I came in late to the conversation, so I did want to say, uh, make a comment about the man who said, um, if your job is making you miserable or if they're supporting something that you don't agree with, that mm-hmm. you should quit or you should not be there. Yeah. I, agree with, I agree with that. I think um, because I'm a teacher and um, I haven't worked in a while because, of the way they treat liberals now um, and the way that they're against anybody talking about anything that's liberally based and mm-hmm. that you can't even talk about slavery or anything like that. I mean, yeah. it's gotten ridiculous. And when I go to interview for jobs, it's obvious that they want a conservative and they don't want someone who has differing beliefs than them. Um, and that's why it's very hard to get hired these days. And I don't even want to work in the school district anymore wow. or for any kind of charter school mm. just because of the way they want the classrooms run. And yeah. it's just gotten ridiculous, you know, and that's why they're losing so many teachers in this state. Yeah, that is what's happening. And you're right. A lot of people are taking a stand and saying, well, I don't like this, so I'm out. Yeah, and I mean, I'm ready to move out of Florida because it's just so conservative and it's so dangerous. It feels to me like it's really dangerous. You can't even speak your truth anymore, you know? And if you do, oh, you could get fired, you could get killed, you could get beat up, whatever. You know, and I've had some crazy incidents before just because of my bumper stickers on my car. Oh, man. And and I do think that we should have a day for Rosa Parks. Why not? We have a day for Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm, we should mm-hmm. have a day for Rosa Parks. She was an icon. Right, and she set it off. She set off that bus boycott and that movement. Yeah, and I mean, if you are a supporter of rights for all all cultures, then you're not welcome in the in the classrooms anymore. Wow. That's scary. Yeah. And that's how people feeling right now. I mean, I even worked um, for a while at uh, Tomlinson Adult Ed, which, you know, I taught English as a second language. And everybody's from everywhere all yeah. over the world, right? And I, I had to, I encountered some 
very hardcore Trumpers during the during this was during Trump years. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was like, how are they able to sit in the classroom and teach all these different cultures without being raised? I mean, there there is a lot of racism with Trumpism. Yeah, it is clearly. <laughs> clearly. clearly. So, I, you know, and nowadays I'm like, I'm afraid to even say that I'm liberal, even though I, I say it anyway. But yeah. it, it, it's almost like, um, you know, you have to watch what you say, what you do, where you go. Well, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta speak your truth. You gotta speak your heart, and and don't, you know, it, it can't all. We can't all flight because I think no, what has happened is that. I mean, I think there's plenty of people that are have no options and have to stay and have to make yeah. you know things and and try to work towards change. But we had a governor that stacked the state. He didn't just stack yeah. the court. He stacked the state. He got a lot of those uh, cops with bad records from New York to come oh down here God. and live. He's got <laughs> them teaching school now. The military people teaching school. Oh, man. You know that, right? That yeah. they don't even need a bat. You know, they, 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 they are losing teachers, so they're hiring military Military. People. <laughs> now it's like the schools are militarized, <laughs> right? By and by design, sounds like to me. Exactly. So anyway, I just wanted to say, hey, thank you, know, you Jeanette. Thank you so much. <laughs> I enjoyed this call. Thank you. Thank you. Eight one three two three nine nine six six three, or write me DJ at wmf.org. I'm gonna go to Brandon and talk to DeAndre. You say what, DeAndre? Here on Community Speaks. <laughs> he said, click 813-239-9663 is the number to call. I don't know why we lost that call. Uh, looks like he's trying to call back. But, uh, you know, the courts are are where the right wing power is right now, except for in those state houses and those governor's mansions where they have been running their fiefdoms. But. Today, there's a sad story. The Supreme Court is rejecting an appeal over bans on conversion therapy for LGBTQ plus children, you know, conversion therapy. And so someone apparently had taken this to court, to, uh, tried to take this to Supreme Court to uh, stop uh, or to ban conversion therapy on children. And the Supreme Court has decided to be buried their heads in the sand and 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 just reject the appeal. Uh, this, today they refuse to take up a case about whether state and local governments can enforce laws banning conversion therapy for LGBTQ children. Over the dissent of three conservative justices, the court turned away an appeal from Washington, where the law has been upheld. An appellate panel struck down local bans in Florida as an unconstitutional restriction on counselor speech. So the high court often steps in when appellate courts disagree. And in separate opinions, Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas said that that standard was easily met in the controversy over conversion therapy bans. And Thomas wrote that his colleagues should have taken up the Washington case because licensed counselors cannot voice anything other then the state approved opinion on minors with gender dysphoria without facing punishment. So the conservatives all over the place. A family counselor in Washington sued over a 2018 state law that threatens the therapists who engage in conversion therapy with a loss 
of their license. And this uh, counselor claims the law violates his free speech. And so the ninth U.S. District Court of Appeals upheld it in a split decision. The Supreme Court had previously turned away several challenges to state bans, but those cases reached the court Five to four decision in which the justices ruled that California could not face, could not force state licensed anti abortion pregnancy centers to provide information about abortion. And since the 2018 ruling, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals in Atlanta has voided the local Florida bans. So this is a, uh, this is a hard story to follow, but we're going to continue to stay on this because the Supreme Court has refused to take up a case about whether state and local governments can enforce laws banning conversion therapy for LGBTQ children. We're going to go back to the telephone lines to talk about what we're talking about today. Uh, in addition to the courts being stacked on the conservative side and whether or not free speech and diversity programs are, are going to be allowed on college campuses and um, whether or not your workplaces are places that are committed to diversity in your rights and what are the rights of voters. We're going to go back to the telephone lines to talk about, to hear what Matthew has to say out in Wesley Chapel as we spiral towards the close of Community Speaks here today. Go ahead, Matthew. You're on Community Speaks. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad I got to get on before the show's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, uh, I think listening to the woman who was on who was a teacher before i think it's fantastic that like she's standing her ground and 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 standing for what she believes and to the caller before that was speaking about leaving jobs that you don't stand for i i was thinking about that as myself personally i'm in college and i'm kind of like seeing this stuff firsthand um Mm. and it's pretty freaky i know like the young socialists of america and i know the club is called something different at usf they they live in sort of fear, and I've seen them gotten picked on by the conservative groups on campus, and they're, like, sort of exiled from the bull market that's at USF, um, and it's pretty sad, but, yeah. you know, and I also, to, to speak on the having Rosa Parks Day observed as a federal holiday, like, I, I mean, I'll keep it real, like, I was a white kid raised in the suburbs, but I had good parents that taught me about the difference between equity and equality, okay. and what it meant to sort of uplift your community, and, 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 to, and to just, like, be respectful to people. I was, like, raised that way, and, you know, I think that right. these things are just really, just unfortunate, but I think it's, like, important to realize the importance, like, shows like this, community stations like this, where we can all sort of stand in arms with each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Thank you, because that's why I'm here. That's what, so we can all raise our voices. Absolutely, it's sweet that you amplify voice to people who are on the right side of all this. It's 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 a, it's pretty sweet. I'm a lifelong listener too. I used to listen eighty eight five on the way to school with my dad. Oh, great! You know, I love it. It's my first time calling in and being on any any show too. It was pretty. Oh, awesome. all right. Well, great, Matthew. Thank you for calling. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the call. Out there in Wesley Chapel. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go to Brandon and see what DeAndre... DeAndre's calling back. Go ahead, DeAndre. You say what here on Community Speaks? Hey, good afternoon. I'll try to make it concise and fast. I'm terrible at that. But when it comes to, like, money right now, I'm starting to see something uh, that is real uh, problematic. I think everybody can kind of rally around. The the right wing has regularly expressed that they want to get rid of Social Security or reform it, but to what effect 
And now with the economy performing the way it does in a strange way where there's record low unemployment, but somehow Social Security is going to um, uh, dissolve still doesn't make really much sense. And what it is is the gig economy. I had to get yeah. out of there, man. I had to get out of there. And the, so when it comes to Florida and the thing that people are concerned about when it comes to pricing um, is where a corporation comes in, it's regulated, and then the, the cost is put off onto the consumer, consumer right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So when it comes to the gig economy, particularly with ride share, and I will say this about one, I won't be specific by name, but for one particular company, they actually withhold information. A person is supposed to report their gross um, so that then they can, you know, uh, devise a tax system for themselves where they pay federal and state taxes. But groups like, uh, well, one particular rideshare group withholds that for the whole of the year. Like the whole year they're withholding that information. Hmm. And they're like a prominent and popular group. Now that dovetails back to um, an administration, a governor governor administration back here from Florida where they said, oh, now we're going to start, like we weren't taxing these these, these, uh, internet Based companies now we are, and guess what? Instead of, um, well, like I said, being legit, they charge these fees where a person, depending on how much they drive with this rideshare company, um, both or like all of them really, actually, um, most of them. Anyway, I haven't done most of them, but I've done enough of them where I see that you get caught with the gross, and then they walk off with like anywhere from five to 30 grand a year hmm. off of an individual wow. off of an individual and you're not paying your federal and your uh, state taxes and you're struggling trying to deal with inflation, which they say is artificial, particularly here in Florida so that you can uh, deal with maintenance on your automobile. So that price is going up. The cost of gas is going up. And if you were doing this about eight years ago, you would have been able to take care of, um, take care of FICA and our state and federal taxes. Now, it's not even possible. So I say be wary of the gig economy, and people need to come around that, come around to the fact that this this is happening. And they're trying to still get rid of Social Security, but they're doing it in a slick, very nasty (laughs) way. And I I have to add this. I was attempting with this same company to because um, they reached out to me, you know, as, as like a group memo. They reached out to me to see if I was up to um, being a part of a roundtable for black drivers. All of a sudden, ESG or whatever, anti-ESG stuff come out. Yeah. And I'm trying to sign up for it because I had given up an opportunity to do some of the same just as a Floridian uh, time prior. I was like, well, I'll do it in this uh, capacity because I have a lot to say. I tried signing up for it. The governor um, removed or, you know, made his decree or whatever. (laughs) And then all of a sudden he took that away. And as an independent contractor, I'm terribly incensed because I don't have a bunch of employees, you know, as self-employed. I'm the independent contractor. And I I have a lot to, you know, to say about 
you know, how things might be able to improve with things I've observed per my community, per my region. Yeah, I'll get this. I'll get this one last thing. I'll try to be as fast as possible. I was having my taxes uh, done with me because I have an uh, eye issue, and I just had eye surgery, as a matter of fact. Mm. I have a couple of more procedures with my eye and my ankle, finally. Um, but at any rate, there's another rideshare driver disabled looking for assistance. And it turns out that she was get, like she, she was struggling uh, just as well for some of the same reason, this elderly white woman. And this is collateral damage. This is the kind of thing we talk about when it comes to the, the right wing, the extreme right wing. And those who are co-signing some of this stuff in both parties being blind, with the exception, I will say, of the uh, 46's administration, where he's talking about this issue with fees, this woman who is who drives rideshare comes in on a mobility um, a mobility uh, uh, machine, a device, to try to get around, mm-hmm. looking for help, scratching mm-hmm. her head, and all this stuff is going on. Is an understanding how ripped off she's probably one of those people who's giving up worth of fifteen to thirty grand. I said five before, but depends on how much you drive. She's probably one of those people who's giving up fifteen to thirty grand a year, and it not being able to be reflected in her income, you know, and uh, her, her, you know, FICA and et cetera, um, um, when she's doing her taxes. Yeah, it seems like these, uh, you know, as you say, this is the gig economy is brand is is newer, so it's it's sort of like the wild wild west right now, and the mm-hmm. governments, uh, especially these conservative governments, are empowering the companies while at the same time the workers, the drivers, are disempowered, and it's becoming almost un <laughs> unfeasible to work there. So how and you know they're getting their wish, they're getting their wish by taking. Social Security away by mm. proxy with the gig economy. Mm. All gig economy, all gig jobs, you have to be terribly careful of now if you don't know your stuff. Right. I didn't. Actually, I was in crisis when I started because, uh, uh, and I started because I was in crisis. Well, I've, I've heard that some drivers, some drivers are starting to reorganize themselves and uh, compete with these companies so that they don't have to work there for them anymore and can still do this. Is that happening uh, almost like new unionization? I don't see it as much here. There might be, but I feel like we actually do need to look back at why they started uh, le- allowing these out, you know, out-of-state corporations you know, uh, take advantage of people locally, you know, with this these new things that have come out of Tallahassee and why they're just turning a blind eye to that component of the process. And then they're also reducing the take of those drivers. And then, there, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, people who are, who are suffering, why are they taking their voices away? Right, because the death of ESG, you mentioned ESG, environment, but it's also social governance. And these governors are saying they don't care to these companies. They don't care how you govern your companies. They don't care about diversity and they don't care how you treat your workers. They don't care how you govern at all. No, and I don't know if I could sue. Can I sue the governor? Can I sue? Because this is hurtful. This is painful. And it's actually, you know, 
and eating up so much of my family's time and resources to where it's putting us at terrible deficits. And yeah. then there are other people who are suffering some of the same that are expecting one thing, but then it's another, not like they finally did a full reform of the tax code already or not. They haven't. They haven't. They're still trying to figure out whether they want to use $600 or $20,000. If you measure losses, you should be able to access the course. If you've got measured losses and, of course, pain and suffering, those are cases that you should try to talk to a lawyer about. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, it's like this is this is also a part of that. Why do mm-hmm. I have to carry the gross? I didn't make 45000 if the fee is 30 But you got to pay taxes on it. Yeah. yeah, and I have to pay taxes on their... their Largesse. Their, uh, <laughs> their, their profit. And their, their, their profit. Yeah. That, that's evil. I didn't profit anything. Right. I, you know, so it said 45, but I got like 80... No, no I got like 8,000 in, in, in net. But I'm still having to report 45 grand for the year? Wow. Nah, man. That's not right. (laughs) That's not even right. Even on the surface, on the face of it, that's not right. Hey, DeAndre, we're running out of time, but I definitely want to talk more to you about this. You can write me an email eventually, maybe share me your email address or something. Absolutely, absolutely, I will. DJ at WNF.org. Thank you, Andre. DeAndre. Hey, yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm, anything I got, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bring it to the cause, bro. All right. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Peace. All right. Be well. Thank you. Peace. This has been Community Speaks, and we did get one other email that says, I would like to see a holiday to honor the cause of civil rights and the many communities of activists and supporters of justice and equality in the 20th century. Why not a four-day weekend to commemorate education and develop future movements for civil rights. That comes from Donna. Uh, Donna wrote me about the Rosa Parks holiday idea. Uh, it would be real to have a woman honored in this way. Thank you, Donna, for that email. And uh, all who have called and uh, shared emails, we're going to go to the NPR. But up after that, NPR is going to be It's the Music Monday with Blandy Whalen. So keep it tuned right here to WMNF Tampa. This has been Patrick O'Beely with Community Speaks.